0: I was not surprised that something like this happened, but when I saw it happen, i you're right. The vulnerability and all that, I was like, I'm scared. Like this is, if they'll do this, that's crazy.
1: So welcome back to I'm the Villain. Um, Today we are going to have a <laughs> very cathartic talk on what happened with the... Capital riots, insurrection, terrorism, whatever it is you want to call it. Um, and this is just us kind of trying to go through and process that. Today we have uh Ronald our as who's been on our podcast like multiple times, so I feel like I don't really need to give a, a super robust introduction, but yeah, we're just gonna kinda <laughs> get into
2: it. Y'all see the National Guard with the big blickies? They got the big blickies out now. The big what? <laughs> the big blickies. <laughs> they, got the, they got the big blamies. They got the long guns. Really? <laughs> Yo, yikes. yeah. and yeah, they,
1: they're like sleeping in the Capitol. I saw those. I photos. saw
2: those. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. were. They're arming the National Guard in advance of the inauguration.
0: Just stop telling me stuff. I just <laughs> like every time I hear about like when I saw those pictures, I'm like, come on, guys, man, what y'all talking about, man? Like, and because I'm, I'm like this, oh, this, this sign of overkill and all that. I'm like. I don't even think y'all needed to do all of this. You literally just needed to, when you saw the crowd, when you saw the crowd, one, you only needed a, a people in front of the Capitol, like people with <laughs> guns, willing to shoot the guns at the people. Uh, are we starting now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can no, start I don't want to black out and go into a rant. Just start your introduction. No, 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 black yeah. out. Yeah.
2: <laughs> the double entendre.
0: <laughs> I, will, I'll, um, I will save this in the chamber for later in the show when, it gets, when I get hot. <laughs>
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, I really, it's like, you know, the year 2040, we're just like, you just imagine us like sitting in the Cayman Islands looking back, you know, but having like fled the civil war of 2023, yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> being like sipping martinis, being like, ah, oh, remember back when we thought that, you know, a multiracial democracy was a viable thing? Where not that cute? <laughs> a multiracial
2: <laughs> democracy. Yeah. <laughs> Um yeah, man. You know, I God, I don't know it's this it's the striking feeling of feeling surprised and also feeling aggressively not surprised at the same time, right? Like you always thought like as a black dude I always thought like, oh yeah, white people can get away with anything, you know? But then there's some stuff that you're like, nobody can get away with that (laughs) And then it turns out white people can get away with that stuff too.
0: Yeah, I mean, you think some things are the equalizer, and when you find out they're not, it's, it's basically, like, let me, just, right, let me just take you through that day for me, all right? So, <laughs> when I went that day, I was already, I was feeling kind of depressed that whole week. Like, I was just like, just like, you know, New Year blues, that type of thing. And uh, so, I was, like, trying to, like, let's see, and let me make sure I got this right. Yeah, so, like, New Year blues, that type of thing. This was the, the week of the sixth that this happened. New Year Blues, I'm like trying to work it out, whatever. So we get to the 6th and I'm just like, by then I'd had all my meetings in the morning, done all my recordings and I'm like, alright, I'm, I'm going to take a little nap. So I took a nap at like 1.15, 1.30. Something oh like that. man, it that's been, right
2: before everything went down. Yeah,
0: it might have been at 1. I, but I, I laid down and I just I had Bridgerton on because I was like I'm trying to figure out what the hype was about. So put on Bridgerton. Fell asleep promptly because those first two episodes are boring. And I don't care what anyone says. I will fight yeah. someone. I'll be like, this is boring. And everyone's like, oh, it's so hot. I'm like, this is not a Bridgerton rant. So <laughs> I fall asleep. And everybody who knows me knows that I'm like, I'm ready to go down to D.C. at any given time. If there's something going down, i be like, yeah, let's go down there. I don't care. Let's protest. I don't care. Let's get in front of people. I don't care. So I've done that several times. This time I wake up. It's like maybe like 2.15-ish. I wake up and I'm getting all these texts that are just like, where are you? Ronald, where are you, Tex? And I'm like, Matt I'm House, what are you talking about? It's Wednesday, why would I be anywhere but at my house? Like, what <laughs> yeah. are y'all talking about? And everyone was like, oh my God. And then someone was like, turn on the effing news. I was like, wait, what? And I turned on the news, and sure, and I was confused. I was as confused as I was when I saw, uh, <laughs> when someone told me on 9-11, when someone was like, they th- they flew planes, planes until the World Trade Center in the Pentagon. Because I was like, as a kid, I mean, I'm, a, I'm an 18-year-old kid at this point. I'm like, wait. What? What do you mean? I don't get it. And it You're was like, this,
2: how could that be? Yeah. Like, what do you mean? Yeah,
0: because my first thought, I was like, I know the Pentagon is near me. The World Trade Center is in New York, I thought. How did they get planes into both? Like, that's crazy. So that's the first thing I thought. So when somebody says to me, they're inside the Capitol, I was like, what do you mean? And sure enough, by the time I turned on CNN... These mamas were already, like, just hanging out in the Capitol. Somebody was standing at uh, Nancy, at the, not the desk picture. Somebody was standing at the speaker's podium, like, standing there yeah. being like, "Hey, yo, I'm Nancy. Trump, <laughs> stop the steal. And, like, they're walking around, like, lazily going through documents and whatnot. And I'm just like, oh, how did these people not get shot? How's nobody shot? How's nobody shot? <laughs> That's where I was at that point. Yeah. At this point, I will stop my rant.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I... <laughs> I turned on the a live stream of the news um, because I just wanted to, I was I just wanted to watch the Republicans wild out and like object to the stupid states or whatever you know and like you know as I'm sure most people that are listening to this podcast know they were counting they were like kind of counting and certifying the electoral votes in the Senate that day or it was, it was a joint session between the Senate and the House so you know we knew that the Republicans were going to do some grandstanding and some political theater and like object to counting some states. But ultimately, you know, it was it's a day that, like, used to not mean anything and was only going to mean something because, like, Trump and whatever. And to watch this old white lady who thought she was just going to be covering the, <laughs> the electoral vote, like, like session is she's like, oh, I guess I'm all of a sudden covering a coup. <laughs> And surprise! She had, she had a lady, and I, I remember, I remember, forever remember this reporter's name. Her name was Lisa D. And Lisa was in the Capitol, just like you know, covering the electoral vote. And all of a sudden, we're getting live feed from Lisa, and she's ducking behind a desk while insurrectionist. <laughs> <laughs> she's on her phone, looking into the camera, Insurrection You can hear people yelling in the background. People are banging down the doors. <laughs> And she's like, she's like, I'm safe on the second floor here. And I was like, Are Ma'am, you? are not safe on the second <laughs> floor. <laughs> Once they're in, they can just climb stairs. You know that, right? Yeah. And yeah, I watched. I just watched it all in real time. I was like, I was like, these motherfuckers are really knocked down the fence. Oh well, no way they're gonna get into the Capitol. I'm like, I'm like, oh, these motherfuckers are really at the steps, huh? Oh well, no way, right? This this is when they start getting shot. People are gonna start dying. And then they surely made their whole way up and <laughs> up into the building. I, and I was just, yeah, I was shocked.
1: Yeah. I remember we were on the phone cause you were like going to pick up your girlfriend at the, like who lives kind of around Capitol Hill. Yeah. I was
2: like, damn, so let me go get and my and I girl. Was like,
1: do not die. Deandre, do not die.
0: <laughs> Capitol Hill is was, not where you wanted to be right then.
1: I
2: know. I was like, but I was like, damn, I gotta go get my girl. Like this is crazy you know
0: honey take the metro uh, (laughs) because
2: stuff is too hot right now (laughs) it's too hot for a black man like me down there (laughs) i shouldn't be anywhere near capitol hill right now it was yeah driving during that time was interesting it was mostly just like it felt like a regular busy day in the city except every 30 seconds you'd see two or three more cop cars like like rushing towards the capitol um (laughs)
0: <laughs> I think the thing that gets me is like, so we all had that same, it seems like we all had similar experiences. I think, but the thing that like blew my mind was the videos that started coming out later that just pointed out like how scary this really was. And what I'm, yeah. what I'm really waiting for is someone to give me like, I want to see a, a minute by minute timeline of where the crowd was and where the Senate, what where the congressional leaders and everybody was. Uh, where Congress was when this was happening, because when somebody yeah. told me that the crowd was basically seconds away from getting Mike Pence, I, I was sitting there and I was like, wow, they really got in there quick. And I'm like, if not for the guy who led them away from the chamber, Officer and, Goodman. yeah, for, if yeah. not for G. that, yeah, man. if not for that, and not for like all the other people, like the, cause I'm like, I'm fairly certain if that crowd would have made it into the chamber, people would have been shot left and right. And I think that's probably one of the, the, last bit of restraint, even though they should have been shot like long before that. But when I think through that and think about like, there, there's a video, I don't know if you guys seen this of uh, the cop who got dragged out by his foot and they're like stomping him yeah. on the steps. I'm like, that, where's the Blue Lives metal crowd when you need them now? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and what of my friends <laughs> says, What do my friends said, he goes, where's the police brutality when you need it? <laughs> <laughs> It was not there. We need the police to brutalize people right now. And the one time, the one time you had carte blanche to do it, you just were like, "Nah, let's treat everybody right. Let's <laughs> let's, let's
2: do the right thing this time." You're like, uh, "Okay, okay, Isaac, whatever you say." Did you see the? There were a lot of really dark memes about when MPD took over at like MPD took over um, clearing the Capitol around like four or five. A.M. or P.M.? P.M. Okay, okay. And then that's when you started getting videos of police beating the shit out of people. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw a meme that was like, yo, the night shift worked different. I saw here. that, yes. <laughs> and
0: they were like, boom, pushing people. I was like, y'all could have done that at any, this is the one time anyone watching this would have been like, you did the right thing. Yeah, MPD you was just- <laughs> like,
2: and you could, you could tell, because I mean, I watched Mayor Bowser's briefing the next day, and their number one thing was like, Yo, the Capitol Police are not MPD, <laughs> And the subtext behind that is M- Here at MPD, we love to beat the shit out of people <laughs> They never met a person That they couldn't hit with a shield or a nightstick <laughs> it's like, look I mean, granted, we've been beating the shit out of black people For the last three years, four years, five years Whatever, eternity So maybe, it's this is different for us But we would have done it
0: <laughs> Maybe you should have called us in earlier Maybe we should have planned for this, I don't know
1: Yeah, which is crazy because so many people like I for a while I feel like the excuse of like, oh, they just weren't prepared was going around. But like I knew that there was going to be violence on Wednesday because like, you know, my housemates were like, you know, you know, there's gonna be violence like, you know, and and, and Black Lives Matter was issuing statements before it was going to happen to to tell people not to go counter protest. And they were telling they were trying to pressure hotels not to open so that these people didn't have anywhere to stay. Right, So yeah. it's not like we didn't know this was happening
2: Yeah and yeah. we know now that the, that the FBI Received at least one tip That was like pretty explicit And you know I get that like I'm sure the FBI Receives tips on a lot of things but it, You know it, it definitely seems like this whole thing was avoidable Right
0: <laughs> I mean the thing I've been saying Because I have a friend who's in the DEA Who's former secret service in the DEA And a couple of law enforcement friends that, and, I, and we've repeated the same thing which is that This is not a failure in execution like they did in many ways, the Capitol police, except for the ones that moved barriers and took selfies with them and all that stuff. But in many ways, they did the best job they could do. This was a failure in planning because it's like, yeah. yo, every cop like because now you can tell the the reverse of that is the overkill they're doing now. Which is yes. like, yeah, that's right. We're going to make sure the inauguration is safest. I was like, you know, the easy way to make the inauguration safe is hold it at an undisclosed location. Oh, and by the way, don't have it the way you've always had it every other just year. Just do it virtually. Yes. Like, what are you talking yeah. about? We can all get or online just do it, and call it a do day. do it
2: inside the White House. Do it like, do it like, do it inside of the Capitol. Like, yeah. whatever, like. Yeah. You don't have to do it publicly. Or I guess it's not publicly, but you don't have to like sit everyone outside in the back steps of the Capitol. Absolutely. Especially not. during the Panda Express, you know? Yeah. Yes.
0: What? <laughs> Is that what we're calling it now? <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, normally I'm hearing... used to agreeing with both of you as you talk. I think that was the first time I was like, Urgh? what? <laughs> <laughs> I've been hearing people, more than one person, I think Kev on stage might have started it. Yeah. I'm not sure. Okay. But just like, it sounds like referring. Him referring to like the, the pandemic as random p words <laughs> just like during the panda express during the persimmons during the paradox
0: <laughs> i'm here for it i'm here for it i just had to know but yeah no i agree it's like it seems like now would be the time because it, it just seems like when you have to it, it's the same way i felt when my church reopened and they were like they were like all right here's what we're gonna do everyone has to wear a mask at all times and you have to have your temperature checked and you have to be spread out and nobody can, and all these things. And I was like, or we could just keep doing the virtual services and we don't have to do any of that until we get a vaccine or something else, you know, happens. Like we don't have to do any of that. And I feel like every time I see somebody go through so many steps to hold on to tradition, I'm like, so y'all are doing all this just so Beyonce could sing God bless America in front of you. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) <laughs> Whatever, she could do that virtually and we, we have a proven track record of being able to do that virtually. So why are we sitting here and acting like this is this is foreign to us now? You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Right. Like you've yeah. been doing this the whole campaign. You've been having virtual campaign events, like yeah. especially because he's been campaigning on a platform of we're the safe side. Yeah. Right? We're yes. gonna protect you.
2: Yes. Right. And like Yeah, it just feels to D C residents and to D M E residents, I I feel like all of us are just like Dude, like, what is this? You know, like, in terms of the National Guard, like, this is not what we needed. No. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, There's no, there is no use of flooding the, the district with literally twenty five thousand National Guardsmen in response to a capital insurrection that happened a week and a half ago. <laughs> I, and I'm not, and, I'm not opposed to. So I'm not opposed to having
0: more. And like you're right, twenty five thousand is ridiculous. I'm yeah. not opposed to having more. And I'm not opposed to heightened security. But it's just yeah, like to need me, height heightened
2: security. But like, stop grandstanding about this. It, yes,
0: know? that's what it feels like. It feels like they're, they're doing a show of force. And I'm like, well, who is this for? Because, you know, who did this? You can literally go up to their houses. They're on camera. They smiled in front of you. You can get all those cats like tomorrow if you wanted to. So who is this for? And then the other part of it is like this whole everyone keeps bringing the National Guard to D.C. And the person who in recent years, in recent times, who started this president was Donald Trump. So I'm like, great. Now we got Democrats being like, yeah, that's right. We're gonna have the national guard here. And I'm like, this is just, it feels aggressive and it feels unnecessary in a way that if y'all would have just done what they told you to do in the beginning, this would have never. We wouldn't be where we are right now. Or yeah. again, just like have a COVID-safe uh, 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 inauguration. Like, what are we talking about here?
2: <laughs> yeah. Right. Man, right. speaking of our commander in chief, I, <laughs> um, I was sure as it was happening i was like damn they're gonna try this man for treason (laughs) you know like i as it was happening i was like there's no way this doesn't happen right like all the congress people are in danger all the senators are in danger mike pence is there but
1: the thing is it's not that all the senators were in danger right half the senators are literally texting people their location right yeah. like half the senators are coordinating with these people i mean not half but like a, a, yeah. a minority of them but still like a non-zero number
2: yeah and that's what we yeah we know that we're like that like that's why you know i think it's two or three days later we're getting we're now getting stories that like oh yeah it seems like at least part of it was an inside job and i'm like yeah i mean kind of makes sense right do
1: you i mean like did you guys see aoc's like like Instagram live on this where she was talking about like yeah I was not like didn't feel comfortable going into our secure location because there were a Republicans without masks but also Republicans who are willing to like maybe like threaten our lives yeah question mark like <laughs> well She's doesn't like-, it, like like unambiguously like you know seem to be threatening our lives
0: I I think it's oh somebody okay and somebody just sent me exactly what I was looking for it's, a, it's, it's called 41 Minutes of Fear. It, like literally they just said to me, I've been looking for this. And it's just a video timeline of everything that happened like in sequential order. I'll send it to you guys in a minute. But uh, yeah. yeah, no, you're absolutely right. The other thing that gets to me, let me ask y'all this. So we, guys, we know that the impeachment, there was like 11 senators that voted, 11 Republican senators voted impeachment. Let me ask y'all this. If that crowd would have killed one congressman, just one, Democrat or Republican, does not make a difference. If they would have killed one congressman, do you think more Republicans would have been like, uh, yeah, we gotta vote impeachment. We, like, do you know, think more I people would have... I think Donald I Trump think would it, be, Well,
1: I mean, like, if the congressperson was AOC, like, I, I don't think, know, right? I think if they
2: killed even one, even the shittiest congressperson, by anyone's definition, right, I think that Donald Trump would be impeached like 25th and, like, on his way to jail, like, the second that inauguration is is out right
0: i i i kind of agree i i hear what you're saying isabel um and i think like the the first thought is to think that but i think there's enough i think right now if there was 11 people that crossed the aisle with no congressmen dying i'm saying like in terms of like the way senators and congressmen feel about the Congress and Senate and the prestige and being in the seat and all that, anyone could have died. I think they would have been like, nah, bro, you got to Like, I, I think at the very least, Mitch McConnell would have been more willing to call the Senate back. To be like, hey, let's do this trial yeah. now. Like we we getting this done today. Like before he gets out of here, we getting this done.
2: Like we're doing all the witnesses today. today. Yeah. Like it's it's getting done. Yeah.
0: I think you still would have had a minority. And I think Josh Hawley would have dropped his uh his uh his I think Josh Holly and Ted Cruz would have been very quiet for during that little scene afterwards when they were pressing back against um the election results. I think they would have been like, now might not be the time. Like we uh <laughs> people are a little yeah. mad at us right now. We might need to chill, <laughs> you know. But it only took Go ahead.
1: I feel like the, the theme of this year has been just like, you know, we're constantly getting a new level of like, oh, I don't think that would reasonably happen. And then you're like, you're oh, right. and then it happens. And you're then right. you're like, oh, wait, what?
0: like You're right.
1: <laughs> is this our new normal now? Like now I feel like the reaction, at least among liberals of like the way to feel about it is just like to default is in a self-protecting way. Manner to default to be like, okay, well, I'll believe anything. Oh, I wasn't surprised. Like, what are you talking about? Right? Like, because it feels very vulnerable to be like, oh, my God, this was shocking. Like, this is, you know, unheard of. And like, you know, it it, it doesn't feel like, you know, we have a functional, you know, society that believes in a social contract anymore.
2: Yeah, you're right. You're
1: absolutely right. Right.
2: I, yeah, I mean, I, (laughs) I obviously like you were saying, Isabel, surprised but not surprised that they were, like, as willing to just fuck up police officers like they did. (laughs) Um, And all the videos, right, coming back of the people, literally people being like, we were on your side and now no one's on your side. What are you going to do now? And I'm like, like, wow. Like, I mean, I knew that these people, like, it was, they were always just props, right? But now it's just so, so, so clear. And I just wonder if, you know, we're still gonna see GOPers or whoever, or like, or like, you know, MAGA people, like trying to doubt tout a Blue Lives Matter agenda because like it just feels if, you know, like you said, Isabel, we always like are constantly moving back the goalposts. But like, how could anyone sit with that level of dissonance, or like, how could anyone like see those two things, and like, <laughs> it's gonna be and,
0: hard. You know, you know, it's funny. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I was gonna say it's gonna no, be hard for them to do that, DeAndre, if uh. It, like, Unfortunately, we won't know until the next black person is unjustly shot by the cops. And when that <laughs> happens, you'll have to just watch. You'll just have to watch the rhetoric and see what they're saying and just be like, careful, because you'll be ba- I'll just basically be sitting there and be like, OK, so what could this black person have done to not be shot by the cops that white people didn't do and didn't get shot by or <laughs> get shot by cops through the capital scene? Well, they
1: did. Right. When we everyone to saying oh, these five people, like, they killed these five people. That rhetoric has been really confusing to me because the five people who were shot were all Trump supporters. Only one
2: person was shot, though. Only one person was shot five people, oh, five yeah, people three,
1: died and it was like okay people were like you know falling off of railings well yeah, three of
0: them one had one. medical emergencies one of them was shot and but the fifth oh, one
1: person tased their balls or whatever <laughs> like yeah there was like, yeah
2: i think that might have been fake news he definitely died of a i don't heart know attack. if that's yeah. fake news yeah he definitely died of a heart attack i'm not sure if it came from tasing his balls <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah no three so on that day i believe that four people died mm-hmm one of the one of them was the lady that got shot because she was trying to get into the House Chambers while the while the Congress people were still in there,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and then the three were from medical emergencies. But we now know that one of them was a heart attack. One of those medical emergencies was a lady getting trampled,
0: mm.
2: which is to me not a medical emergency. Like I mean, it's a medical emergency after it happens, but that sounds like <laughs> it sounds like she was killed by the crowd. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, also, you know. I'll leave. I'll try and report this as objectively as I can. She was photographed earlier in the day walking with a "Don't Tread on Me" flag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so okay. You know, <laughs> so you know, just sit with that. Try to try to try to sit with that. Um, I don't know what the third medical emergency was, but then, as we, I think, as we all probably know, you know, day after the, or the day after that, one cop dies from the injuries that he took like, whilst defending the Capitol. Yep. And then, and then day after that, another cop commits suicide. Yep. So, literally, like, you know, officer casualties, right? Like, which I don't, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure, like, has happened at some, like, BLM protest, but it's definitely not the standard, right? (laughs) It's very, 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 very rare. I don't know, DeAndre, like, when? Like, because I'm I like, would you say that? Because I know when,
0: what you're saying that in, ter- in order to hedge our bet. Like, if we have these arguments with somebody, be yeah. like what's well,
2: happening to BLM? Do you, do you remember when I feel like I remember, and I could just look this up right now, but I don't feel like it. I feel like, <laughs> when, like in Austin, like two or three years ago, I feel like I remember the reports of like two police officers being shot in the midst of like a, a citywide BLM. That sounds familiar. Quotes, that sounds familiar. I put it in quotes because, like, you know, the city was burning down because a lot of people were really mad yeah so it doesn't it almost doesn't feel right to call it a blm protest yeah. it's like people are mad about someone getting shot but um and i feel like so i feel like officers have died you know in the midst of that kind of thing before but it feels at the very least kind of less direct than this like <laughs> this group beating like massively beating the shit out of a lot of hot cops and some of them have died for it you know
0: I, I think like not only that, I, well, I think there is a difference and I don't think, I mean, to be honest, like I, there's no love lost between me and, and police officers. So like, I don't want to, I don't want to send the message that I'm out here. Like, like I'm, like I'm out here beating the drum for police officers, but I mean, come on, man. Like, I, I think, I think we all can tell, I think we all can tell that like, and I just want to address like this, what you're saying, um. Isabel, like there's a, there's a difference between like being shocked. I mean, being not surprised or like uh, understand that something's coming and still like, like that feeling when you actually see it happen, there's like, there's a disconnect between those two things, because I know I was not surprised that something like this happened, but when I saw it happen, I, you're right. The vulnerability and all that, I was like, I'm scared. Like this is, if they'll do this, that's crazy. But when I think about their interactions between them and police officers and the fact that only one lady was shot. Only one, you know? Or that, or that all of these cops were, were like, that, the guy that was smashed between the doors or the guys that were drugged and, and like kicked and stomped or the way they were talking to them, all that. It just made me realize that like in, in front of everybody, these people are saying that if you're not, we don't want you to police us. We want you to police the people that we deem to be bad eggs and bad apples and when that happens, I mean, and when anything outside of that happens, then you're doing the wrong thing. And I feel like that's like the biggest message I got from all of this, which is why when I think about a BLM protest and cops getting, and cops getting into it with people, it just seems like maybe everyone could maybe everyone thinks that's just more normal. Maybe everyone thinks that's, oh yeah, you know, a couple of cops got shot, there was some shooting back and forth. We don't know what happened. There's like less scrutiny into that. Whereas to this, it feels like there's a weird tangential sort of scrutiny and non-scrutiny that comes along with this whole event
2: right and like i feel like if we have seen officer related injuries in the past of these kinds of things i mean we know that they pull out all the stops for a blm protest right like they're in riot gear they're using tear gas whatever we see like cops getting shot while they're in like a place of strength but i don't know if i've ever when i say seen i mean literally seen video of like cops on the defensive like being overwhelmed being pulled down steps and things like that you know and in the in light of that the fact that only one person was killed and obviously like no one here wanted more people to die but it's just like we just know what would happen if the circumstances were different if the people that were storming the Capitol were different yeah
1: right right and yeah that's the thing is i think that you know i don't want to be kind of like glib about the people who are dying because I feel like then that becomes this slippery slope of like you know dehumanizing people and it's interesting to me that people have been trying to call them terrorists right because when you when you like brought up the nine eleven comparison I think that's actually really interesting that people have been trying to kind of like frame this as terrorism because I, I, I get that the sentiment behind that is that people are trying to activate the stigma that the label of terrorism produces, right? But on the flip side, when I think of terrorism, I also feel like terrorism is an act of people who don't have any power in society, right? Right. Terrorism is an act of people who are so desperate that they don't have any other options but to resort to violence because that's all that they're you know like when I think of like nine eleven right you know on the flip side I think of like you know people up against this like imperialist U- United States power right and feeling like they don't have any way to fight back against it mm-hmm. right and what's interesting to me is that we have like. By, by kind of labeling this as terrorism, it's it almost makes me feel like it's, yes, we're pointing out all these things that these are white men in our society, right? And they're like, you know, they're people who have, relatively speaking, the most privilege. But even those people feel so disenfranchised by our current system, right? And so I feel like one thing that this has highlighted for me is that nobody on the right or the left is happy with the status quo system that we have. Right. And it feels very much like the Hunger Games. Right. Of like there's this there's establishment and like there's us kind of like kind of infight amongst each other. But these people are are also poor. Right. A lot of these people who are in the crowd, like when they go and do these these profiles of people. Right. Like the guy with the like the shaman costume or whatever is like a voice actor or whatever. Right. He's like we're sitting here in D.C. Right. And like it's very easy, I think, for people on the right to associate the left with the establishment, because look who we voted in—we voted in Joe Biden, right? We're not voting anyone who's anti-establishment, right? And so, mm-hmm. in my mind, it's like yes, there's right and left, but then there's also this this you know establishment anti-establishment dynamic that I feel like is is actually really prevalent amongst everyone, and no one's happy with it. But like then, I feel like we're kind of focusing almost on the wrong thing by making it a right and left issue in my opinion Uh,
0: i don't think i agree and i i only i say this because i don't well one i think we're dealing with a bunch of people who are too dumb to realize that they by the terrorism that they are purporting they're actually supporting the establishment because i'm like if you think about like what and just talk about in this specific regime like this regime is Firmly establishment. They are firmly rich people getting richer. They are firmly, I don't give a dang about poor people, about any people of color, anybody marginalized, any of that stuff. And I'm not saying that the left doesn't have their same ties to that same establishment. But I'm saying like, this is a bunch of folks that somehow think that this outside candidate who is a billionaire, they don't ever talk enough about that. Like he is a billionaire with a B. Everyone is supporting and trying to say, like they're listening to this person who is now trying to say. The establishment rigged the election against me, a billionaire, who was also a part of said establishment. So, would they... Well,
1: I mean, but but when he was running, he was absolutely the anti-establishment candidate. Right? I mean, I don't know if he
2: was... I don't know and, if he was like, the whole media is against
1: him, right? I think
2: it's about how you define establishment. I think if you define establishment as like, as, like, outside of politics, then, yes. And I remember that being a big part of the rhetoric around why people liked him. Because he's not a politician, but... I think that in terms of establishment and the way that I'm used to saying it, which is like big money, you know, big corporate backing, whatever. I think Donald Trump is very much in that.
0: Yeah. You know? I mean, I think he, I think Isabel, you're right in saying that he was the anti-establishment candidate, but that doesn't mean that he wasn't a part of the establishment. Cause I'm like for him, everything he was saying, he was doing the opposite. I mean, we're talking about a man who has golf as a hobby. You can't have golf right. as a hobby without money. Right I
1: think no I think that that's that's definitely like you're right to point that out but I think the perception of him and the reason why these people are supporting him and is is because despite those facts they view him as kind of being more like oh like he beat the system like oh yeah he doesn't pay taxes like you know he's he's like you know basically trying to stick it to the system. Right, mm-hmm. in these various ways, and I think that's the salient element of him that they're looking at.
2: Yeah. Right. When they
1: kind of like look at him as being this anti-establishment person.
0: Yeah, that makes I sense. I think I'm I still just...
2: trying to. Oh, go, no, ahead. go ahead, DeAndre. Okay. As well, I think that I I'm still parsing through what you said about terrorism and whether or not I agree with what like what, what with what your definition or where you think where you purporting that terrorism comes from. Definitely, at least personally, what you were saying, but I do think what you hit the nail on the head on is the fact that um, I think the GOP and I'm sure the left does this too, but they do a very good job of telling poor people lies about why they are poor and who made them poor. And, you know, I recently reread this like Twitter thread from somebody that got really viral in 2016, where essentially this person was a person of color and was like, look, I've lived in rural white, white America my whole life, and, like, the GOP narrative for these people is that, like, none of them are, like, permanently poor. They're just, like, in, like, they're down and out of their luck. And they all sincerely believe that they can be the next Donald Trump, right? So they, like, they look up to someone like Donald Trump as, you know, because they, they correlate wealth with virtue and morality. And this, you know, the idea of, Fortune is so, like, you know, because of religious reasons, because of, like, just, like, propaganda reasons, so tied up with, like, virtue, virtue and morality being tied up with fortune, right? And you get what you deserve. And this idea of, like, deserving and not deserving. So, like, these people all feel like, oh, like, I'm a good person. So, like, I'm, I'm going to get mine. And this guy, who is obviously a good person, because he's rich and wealthy, and, like, what I want to be is going to bring me there. And, all of that is coupled with the rhetoric of, like, the reason you're poor is because of immigrants, is because of black, is because of whoever, right? Right. And, you know, and that's how you get this, like... And to us, it looks like this just, like, aggressive dissonance because we know that, obviously, like, beyond right and left, the entire this entire system is created to keep poor people poor. <laughs> and... Mm-hmm. Right now, it looks like the Democrats might be more down to like alleviate the system a little bit, but you know, as you noted, Joe Biden is an establishment candidate, so
1: right. <laughs> but like, certainly it's, it's not that, the, like.
2: But we certainly we not don't... the GOP, right? The GOP, like, right. I think literally has no like they the poverty relief is not a part of their platform. They don't talk about it, right? It's not. It's not a. It's not a, a priority for them. <laughs>
0: But are you I like I, I think that only tells part of the story, though, when we talk about because like the, like us voting in Joe Biden, because I think part of it is also comes from the fact that like and, and when we think about where we are as a country, especially in terms of like the, the state of the, the governance, the state of like how Donald Trump was a president, and all that for a lot um, of people taking a big swing all the way to the left it wasn't it wasn't nearly as much as an option as it was to say what can we do to get rid of this man first like and and i think the big swing to the left would have to come after after joe biden to say like all right now we got now we got a uh, biden in here how can we push him and do everything we can to move everything further to the left and further on a on a, progr- a progressive platform because we know that he's an establishment candidate but it's like the the state that we've been in now like the stuff they've been doing it's like at some point we got to say, "All right, well, we got to get back to establishment before we can get to anti-establishment at this point because exactly, we were right. so far we're so far uh right and on what they defined as anti-establishment which again, I again, like the reason I think you got nailed it when you said the uh politicians lie to us about the reasons why we are poor um and they see themselves in 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 politicians and the whole idea of working hard. I had an epiphany this morning. Sports, sports uh, people use this all the time when they talk about black people, they talk about them being naturally talented. Oh, the natural talent that this guy brings to the table versus white people being like, oh, he's a workhorse. He works hard. And how those two things of saying that black people are naturally naturally talented just need the right person to give them the right direction so they can channel those talents the right way. Whereas white people just work hard and if they work hard, good things come to you. And so they're basically so they can even sell the narrative. We don't have anything because we don't work hard. You know what I mean, and I got everything because I did work hard, which completely subverts the narrative of privilege or racism or any of the other parts that come with it. So when I think about all of that, and I consider that you know these white folks, and I and I think you're right, uh, Isabel, when you said the part of terror, terrorism is the powerlessness. I think the part of terrorism is the perceived powerlessness. It's the idea that you think that you don't have enough power uh, to change whatever situation. So you, you, uh, infringe upon a a desperate act. And then let me be clear while you were talking, I looked up the definition of terrorism and one thing it says, (laughs) it says in the Wikipedia, it says there are various different definitions of terrorism with no universal agreement about it, which I'm like, as you were talking, I was like, that's absolutely true because I think, we could all agree that while these people who are marginalized in their own minds and in some ways that are also reality did something desperate because they felt they had no other choice. There are a lot of people that are struggling with calling it terrorism or not for various, various yeah. amounts and, and reasons, which, is, which yeah. is. And I think it's honestly, I mean, the most obvious one to me is like, if this was a bunch of brown people doing this, I don't think I don't think anyone would have any problem calling it terrorism.
2: Yeah, I think that I saw, well, I know that I saw a really kind of compelling argument for why it sh- we should stop calling it terrorism, you know, and I think the, the essence of the argument was that this person was a prosecutor, or I think actually was a defense attorney, and they were like, we need to understand that, you know, the further we normalize like calling people terrorists, the more it's going to be then used to to criminalize black and brown people. And you know, she was like, I have seen a 16 year old get booked on terrorism for robbing a store. And using, you know, adopting that as a normal part of our rhetoric, like could push or could make it that much easier to, you know, to make it. So that any black person causing a disturbance in any government building is now classified as a terrorist or whatever. And which I thought that was an interesting argument because it you know, it diverted aggressively away from what like trying to define what terrorism is and only talking about the potential ramifications of of, you know, referring to all of these X amount of people that stormed the Capitol as terrorists.
1: But I think that the common, like the, the, the kernel of, of like the reason why, like, yes, there's a lot of misinformation and there's a lot of wrong, uh, you know, like just like, they feel like they have these facts and they're, and they're completely false. Right. But I think the kernel of being really, really, really upset with the status quo is actually something that we share with these people. Right. And feeling like this is something that is like untenable and unsustainable, the current system that we have. Right. And I feel like we've been having like, you know, uh, like Yandere and I have been having a lot of conversations on this podcast about like, okay, we know that that's the case. And so what is the transition to whatever our next system is going to be going to look like? Right. And I remember we we just had an episode with this guy, Craig, in Detroit, and he was just like, it's just going to be a lot of chaos right like i can't name necessarily what the chaos is going to look like but i feel like this is our first inkling of like seeing more tangibly what the chaos looks like right and like i feel like it it's it is very much like up to all of us to decide you know, like, I think we've, we all feel like there's going to be a change. Like it's just, it's, it's a necessary thing that's gonna happen. But like, what are we going to have that look like? Right? So I
0: think I would disagree in that. I don't think these people are uh, dissatisfied with the system. I think they are dissatisfied with mm-hmm. the system when they are told that it no longer benefits them even though and you're right in the grander scheme of things the system does not benefit poor white folks as much as it benefits any other marginalized a uh, um, poor marginalized person or marginalized person whether poor or otherwise it doesn't benefit any of them but i don't think they know that because they're still fighting to have Donald Trump in charge they're still fighting to have police rule they're still fighting against affirmative action they're still fighting against all things that are inherently anti-establishment they're even fighting against things like the fighting like nah, the economy's doing better like no the stock market is doing better which is not good for you Joe Plummer it's not good for you It <laughs> does nothing for you yeah so I feel like that's that's where I say like with you like you are saying a bunch of things I agree with, I just don't think it applies to this particular group of people who have tricked themselves into believing that fighting against any type of change to what is current for them and what they think speaks for them, which doesn't, it, it literally just makes them feel good and pats them on the back. It keeps them like warm in their beds at night, but it doesn't actually help them get more money or get more agency or autonomy within within the system as it is designed to help like, rich yeah, people and people think, with power.
1: I think the distinction that we're drawing is that, you know, you're talking about like, what do they actually want? Like the things that they're advocating for doesn't seem like they make any sense, which I agree with. Right. But I think just outside of like, you know, what system do we want to see? I think, I think that's definitely something that I a hundred percent differ with Trump supporters on, but I think just like the initial feeling of dissatisfaction is, is definitely something that, is I think a a function of all of these different, you know, macro level factors, mainly economic factors, right? And I do think that if we, you know, tried to create the world that we want to see, these people would still benefit, right? If we had more, if we had Medicare for all, right, they would be, you know, having a better quality of life, right? And so I do think that like the way to get to that World In the future that they will probably also come to appreciate is to bring those people kicking and screaming. But they I think still like, you know, because I still think that they don't like the current system because if they did, they wouldn't be. Like trying to r- ransack our
0: capital. I mean, that's true. But right? like, when you say when we talk about dragging and kicking them and screaming, we've done that. We did that with Medicare. We did that with Medicaid. We've done that with welfare.
2: Mm. Like, there's been so many programs, even affirmative and action. These people.
1: All, I agree. I notably, agree. Notably,
2: these people all then quickly became the largest users of those programs. Yeah. Right. And then, but then they
0: also they disparage those same programs, and so I feel like there has to be something because. The lying has to stop to them. I think that's part of it. Cause I feel like, if we, the, we'll we talk about the original system. The best original system they had is when you create race and say, hey, poor white people, these black people, they, these black people are not as good as you. And they're like, you know what? It's right, they're not as good as us. And if there had been any coalition, coal, uh, if there had been a coalition amongst a poor white folks and poor black folks, maybe we wouldn't even have the, the system that we have in place Uh, right now so I'm like the dissatisfaction you're right like even when you go back as far as this current iteration it's the Tea Party soon as Barack Obama gets elected they're like where's my country gone I want my country back. It's like, back from what? What are you talking about? Like what? It's already bad yeah. for you. It's been bad for you this whole time. Barack Obama being elected didn't change anything for you as a matter of fact. as It wouldn't have changed anything if McCain had been elected. Like maybe the Tea Party should have still been in place if McCain had been elected and still had this type of like dissatisfaction. Dissatisfaction. So I agree with you. If you're saying that they are dissatisfied with something, they don't know what it is so they're blaming the wrong thing and then attacking the wrong thing, that's 100% okay. But like we try to bring them along with us and say how, talk to them about how these things benefit them but some a-hole politician always comes along and says, "You know what though? These welfare queens
2: out here eating <laughs> steak and salmon." And it was like,
0: "Right. Bobby, you were eating steak and salmon last week. What are you talking about?"
2: Mhm. Mhm. Right. right. You know, this um so I think back to our socialism episode with Kevin Gustafson and I he said something that really like stuck with me. And you know it. I feel like it comes across as a little tinfoil hattie, but you know, it race. We all know that like the you know race is made up. It's like you know obviously it's real in a social context, but there are, um, you know it doesn't have any scientific standing, and it seems like the system like you know almost wants us to be fighting over these things that are artificial divisions. When the one thing that most th- people in this country can unite on is the fact that we're all getting fucked economically, you know, we're all like on the tail end of a really shitty system that is not meant to benefit anyone that isn't already poor or that isn't already rich. And, you know, it almost feels like we're in a fucking rat race. Like, you know, we're like, we're having to fight racism because racism is being perpetrated on us. Um, But, like dude we're all getting kevin said this we're all getting fucked by our bosses every one of us you know and (laughs) we're all you know being forced to work our asses off to be able to you know live a decent life whilst the people that own the places that we work at are kicking it (laughs) and um and the rest of like almost everything else just is like Lies built upon, like we said, people lying to these people about why they're poor, who made them poor, when in all actuality, it's like, dude, the system wants you to be poor. And, you know. If you're not poor, I can't be rich. Exactly. And I don't, you know, me as like someone that I feel like has to like try and participate in the the government that we have in this country, I I identify the Democratic Party as the ones that are more likely to do something about that. But, you know, I'd be remiss to say that I'm like sure that the any system that thrives in, in our current like, capital system is gonna do anything about trying to upheave upheave that a little bit, you know. Right,
1: I mean that's the thing is that now that we finally have power, this you know, these next two years will be the test of that statement.
0: I don't I, I, I can't put that much weight on them on that because I agree with you, but I don't think that they're going to um, I think it's too there's too much establishment for them to actually do any of the types of changes that they can or need to do over the course of the next two years, especially with people like Ted Cruz, Noah Hawley and the rest of these very angry white folks just ready to just because as soon as they pack the court, they're going to be like, see, see. Democrats are cheaters. See, that's what they want to do. As soon as they pass through whatever legislation they're going to try to pass through, it's going to be a bunch of like just white folks being like, look, they did it again. They did it with Obamacare and they want to take stuff out of your hands and that like it's no matter what I, I still think we got to wait for a lot of people to die. We got to wait for a lot of people to die and we got to wait and we have to start um, hoping that Facebook, Twitter and big tech and big media does the right thing and stops featuring bullshit. As, a, uh, as an actual form of arguing, argument. Like yeah, but like position. Ted Cruz
1: is like 50, right? Yeah. Like he's not dying anytime soon.
0: Yeah, I'm not, yeah. I, mean, I mean, I don't just mean Ted Cruz though. There's a bunch of people that gotta die. Like I feel like Mitch McConnell's gotta go, Nancy yeah. Pelosi, Chuck Schumer. Like there's gonna also, be a lot I mean, of people I, that gotta die. I, I think Clarence it's the people,
2: the people that support these people you know, like I'm sure that a huge part of Ted Cruz's base are a lot older than him. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I don't yeah, think Red, like, Ted Cruz doesn't have staying. I don't think he has. I don't think he has the ability to stay in power as a, especially after the challenge he just faced from uh, Beto. I don't know if he has the authority or the ability to stay in power as long as he thinks he can, especially if he's trying to consolidate uh, a base of people who don't really respect him.
1: Yeah. But he's not even up for reelection until 2025.
0: He just got... Oh, yeah, that's right. Because he just got it. Wait, it should be because six of years. Beto, right? 2025. Six years. Should be 2024, six years. right?
1: Oh, no, no. He was re-elected in 2019. And so it goes until 2025, a six-year term.
0: So no, his term started in 2019. But he got elected right. in 2018. Oh,
1: sure, sure, yeah, sure, sure. Okay. sure. Yeah, 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 okay, okay, okay. But he's going to be, like, technically in office yeah, yeah. until 2025.
0: Yeah, okay. But, yeah, I mean, he's got... I mean, that's the case, but it... I don't know. I, I have a feeling that I feel feeling that the idea of this like neoconservative and this the way that they're trying to wield this power, because Holly and, and Cruz are trying to pick up the mantle right now. I don't yeah. think they can, though, because I think what Trump did, it, it's almost just how you uh, I wish we should have recorded this. But DeAndre, it's almost the same way that you bargained for your car where you genuinely did not care. And I truly believe that uh, Trump genuinely does not care which is what gives him uh, the gives him such power. Because this is a yeah. man that tomorrow will wake up and do whatever he wants, and the next day will wake up and do whatever he wants and keep doing that over and over and over again. Whereas people like Ted Cruz and Noah Hawley actually care about power, they care about what people think of them, all of those. There's links that they will never go in wielding the mantle of this crowd of angry people. Because Trump got up there and was just like, "Now nah, we gotta go down to the Capitol and do, and he didn't care what happened after that, he did not care did not care. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas like well
1: that's why that's why it is actually the thing that felt a l- even more shocking to me was the fact that they were willing to not certify certify the election results because in my mind the only reason you would ever do that is if you think that there is literally an actual viable chance that Trump will stay in office.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And
1: you're a sitting senator who's been in that role for like 7 years now. That's wild to me yeah
2: yeah i think if you asked if you were listening to them talk they were like they're and obviously you know it's all just grandstanding bullshit. but they were like the fact that half of america feels um that the election is being stolen from them is reason enough regardless of the validity of those claims is reason enough to put together a task force to ensure that everything was secure and done correctly and delay the certification of but
0: the election. I eat I. e. to, he- to the hedge their bets with this crowd to basically say, yeah. Well, we tried to do something so that later on when they elect, they could be like, Hey, remember Trump that's not running? You can vote for Noah Holly or Ted Cruz now. Like you yeah. can vote for one of us of us establishment candidates. And this crowd's not I just don't think I don't think uh Noah Holly or Ted Cruz have the charisma or the uh or I don't think they can mm-hmm. hold this this crowd the way Trump did. And I think you're hey, right. Josh,
2: do you mean Josh Hawley?
0: Whatever. He could be dumb, <laughs> dumb-faced, <Mitch laughs> stupid, Holly. But thank you, Josh Holly. I keep calling him could be Holly. big bitch, Holly. I don't care what his name is. I don't care what his name what is. His name, name. <laughs> you know what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> no. But yeah, like, no, I agree. I, but I just, I don't think they can hold him. And I, uh, to be honest, I think the only person that can is Donald Trump Jr. Because I think he's the only one. I think he is, he is the one that everyone should be afraid of. Because I think he knows he has learned enough about this system and, and how it works in the past four years to be able to whip this crowd into a frenzy and still play nice with the politicians and get exactly what he wants. And he's a lot younger. That's who I would be concerned about if he said I'ma run in 2024 or 2028. I'd be like, okay, y'all need to like do something. Like
1: that is an interesting take. I never think about Donald Trump Jr. I think
0: about him all the time. Because oh, yeah. everybody wow. thinks when Donald Trump Sr. leaves, I'm like, the only thing we can hope is that for some reason, the Trumps lose all of their money. If they lose all of their money and they can't do it anymore and he can't whip those crowds into a frenzy and they lose all their credibility and they fall like the old, like O.J. Simpson did, something like that, and everyone just thinks they're a joke, that's the one thing we can hope for that the entire Trump family names fall off. Otherwise, you don't think Eric Trump and or uh, stupid... Peter Trump or whatever his name is, you don't think he's, (laughs) at some point he's not gonna be like, you know what, I can do this, Ivanka won't run, but I think these other two boys, I think they guaranteed. Donald Trump Jr., he has his name already. He has his name. I'm sorry to yell, but like, I think about that all the time. He's like George Bush. Yes, like we thought we were done with the Bushes and then George W. Bush shows up and I was like, what, another one, (laughs) and then his brother comes, what?
2: Yeah, Jeff.
0: What I, I thought we were done with this. I felt the same way about the Clintons to be to be honest. But I'm like, I don't want nobody. I think there should be a rule that if you run and you are you are a personal family member to somebody else, you can't run for any office again. Like you can't be. It's, like, it's got to be more distant than that. You could be a cousin, yeah. but you can't be a like brother. It's like the rule
2: when you're like trying to you're like entering a a raffle or like a giveaway or anything. Yes. And there's always subtext that's like. If you are related to anyone that works for the company giving away the sponsorship or raffle, you're not eligible. Yes. <laughs> I absolutely agree with that.
0: I absolutely agree with that. But yeah, I, I mean
2: Isabel, you don't think about that? I think about that every day. I'm like, huh. I, I think it's a pretty common I think that it's even been named on like major media sources that like that he's you know, trying to run. That, or no, that not that he's trying to run, but that people are looking at him to like the people are like you know suspecting him of trying to run in the future he's never said that he's trying to run but like mm-hmm. if y'all clearly... thought donald
0: trump was bad if y'all thought donald john trump was bad get a load Wait, of was... donald john trump jr i feel like yeah we, oh my god you're gonna have to like fist because he is basically he is richard spencer he is uh that other racist guy a uh, young guy like he's those guys where it's like <laughs> now we know how to do memes and we know how to like do we know how to like do things within the bounds and make you feel crazy and all that stuff whereas mm-hmm. like Donald Trump was just like a crazy an old crazy guy that just uh, I should be in charge. I have the money. Like, this guy is a man that's like shrewd and watched his father. Sees all the mistakes that he made. I'm getting I'm stressing myself out. I don't know why you guys are thinking about Well, me. that's why I'm like, it seems
1: like that is kind of the counter argument against your own like way for them to die thing. Because they all have sons with their exact names. They have little clones of themselves. I don't think right? they like- all do
0: though. There's no young Mitch McConnell or like because I feel like in this case, I'm like, we'd have to wait a lot longer for this whole thing to die out. But and you're right. you got Neil Gorsuch. you got a uh, uh, Kavanaugh and all these like younger, and, like, a. relatively young. Coney people.
1: Barrett is like super young. Yeah. Right? All
0: these like young people that are there. But I feel like there is I feel like as people die, you often see things change. You often see positions shift and you see like you see people loosen up on things like, OK, so Mitch McConnell's in in power. Donald Trump's in there. We got people in the in the Supreme Court. All of a sudden if it ever becomes not popular to hold a position. Because remember, once upon a time, both Barack Obama and uh, and Biden were both like, we think that gay people should have all of the rights to uh, visit their family, all that stuff, whatever. And they're like, do you think they should be able to get married? And they were like, no. Some sort of yeah. civil union. man. They thought that until it was no longer popular. And now these bands are like, yeah, that's right. Love everybody. Get in, yeah, get in there. Get yourself some. You know what I mean? And I'm like, wait. And I remember even thinking that at the time. I was like, oh, you guys... We are not gonna talk about how y'all changed your mind. On yeah, this. and Would they you? released
2: this like this like huge like this press release with like an ad, like a video about how they were supporting gay marriage. All of a sudden, yeah, it was like a, yeah,
0: yeah. So I'm like, but that's what I'm saying. So I'm like, uh, Isabel, I think minds can change, and I think it takes a swath of people dying and things for it to happen for that gradual shift that we want to happen. But I think what we all have to be honest with ourselves and understand is that like right now, what we had. Everything that we thought we had from civil rights forward, if that was all a slide forward and a bunch of people died and then civil rights was able to happen and people lose their hands and all that stuff. If that was all a slide forward, this is like this is the one thing that keeps us from being able to slip all. Because remember, before um, before Donald Trump got elected, everyone was like, Republicans might never win again. Life is too progressive. We've gone too far forward. And that turned out to be a, a complete and utter lie and exposed mm-hmm. all of the work that we have to do for decades in order to just get a little bit, a little few more inches forward. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so we don't know, and we don't know if we'll be there until like the next big test to the Supreme Court, the next big test to uh, like the next, again, black person to get shot by the police. That's when we take the test to be like, all right, have we actually, as a nation, have we gotten further than we were you know, 10 years ago? And Mm -hmm. I hope, that because a bunch of people died and a couple people were like, "Eh, this is stupid. I don't know why I was holding on to this." changed their mind that that things would be better. So mm-hmm. I don't
1: know. Well, I also I mean, I feel like the whole way for people die is not something that like we from an action standpoint can do. Yeah, like, it's not an action control point, over that, though. right? <laughs> it's just like you, you know, like, you know, I feel like what, what what our kind of strategy should be should be totally independent of like, you know, whether people die or not, right? Cuz you don't have any control over that.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's tough for me. I always, whenever I talk strategy, especially it comes with systems overthrowing and all that, my thing is like without white folks and, uh, and rich white folks and white and white folks buying in, it's hard for me to ever think about the strategies of those systems because they always require people like me, you and DeAndre to give up way more than we should have to when we are not the ones that are like like creating the, pro- we are not the ones creating the problem. Me, The three of us can do a ju- good job of perpetuating problems and actually, I would even hesitate of saying that because I'm like, in a lot of ways, even the ways that we perpetuate problems are not the actual driving force behind the perpetuation of the problem. But it right. always requires like me and you and DeAndre to do different things to like become vegans or, uh, sure. yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Or like it always requires us to do all of the work.
1: To like give money when we're yes. like, wait a second, Jeff Bezos has like, yeah after, like, you know, a hundred something billion dollars and yeah. we're yeah. giving charity to these like what's going on here? Yeah. Right. Like Children's <laughs> hospital.
0: They always want us to donate to children's hospital. They're like, yeah, why don't you help children's hospital? It's like, why don't you help children's hospital? What do I have to help children's hospital? Right. I barely have right. a salary. What are you talking about?
1: Right, right, right. Right. I mean, I, I think that it's like, just, that's why I wonder if things like this, like, you know, these people storming the Capitol are going to have a demonstrable effect on those rich white people. whose like minds we need to change
0: i hope right? I, I can only hope i can only hope because elon musk just made the, all these billionaires just made we talked about this on your porch all these billionaires just made more money you know what i mean like that's all they did they just sat around and just made a lot more money that's what they did this uh this entire time yeah so i'm like i i don't know and i i guess i i won't know until i talk to a very rich person one day to say hey
1: What's up with you? Yeah, like Like, like, what's going on? Like, don't you
0: have enough? Like, what? Like, why not? Because I had this argument with um, with Keith before, where he said uh, he was like, "Well, what's the number?" And I'm like, I still think the number, the number, we don't need to talk about the number until we can give a plan for every single person that is impoverished to get out of poverty, to just get to a basic standard level of living where we don't have to worry about that anymore. And if we can do that. Then we go back and look at the top number and see what it is and be like, what's the difference between these two? Or is any of your numbers stopping us from being able to provide this for them? And then whatever that number is, that's the number, you know, because I mean? I'm like, until we solve it, I can't tell you. I can't tell you don't make one hundred billion dollars if I don't know for a fact that you have a hundred billion dollars. If, or if, if it's like, oh, it turns out y'all could be rich, but you just can't make more than like, you know, $3 dollars. That's that's as much as you can make. I'm sorry, that's that's what you can do. And if by y'all making the sacrifice, every single person can have a tiny home like at the very least, at the, your lowest level, you get a tiny home, you get Wi Fi, you got plumbing, you had all that stuff. You know what I mean? Like, this that that's your that's your minimum. That's the social safety net that you have. Whatever that number is, that's the number. But that's what that's why I want to talk to rich people and be like, when you guys make one billion, two billion, three billion, four billion, there has to be something in you that says, I can't. I can't spend all this. My great grandchildren can't spend all this. Like I can go down 40 generations. None of them can spend all this. Even if we did nothing but just spend money, we couldn't spend all this money. So maybe I should stop. Maybe it's unethical for me to keep doing this. (laughs) You know, I don't know. Like a, do y'all ever play Monopoly? You get to a point where you're just like, this money don't even mean nothing no more. I mean, yeah,
2: it's not like it's whatever. I own yeah. Park
0: Place at Broadway. Like, what do I need to... Y'all need some money? What, you owe? You owe something? I'll pay you out for that. Whatever. Like, it doesn't... Mm-hmm. Money yeah. means nothing to me anymore. I own the bank. So I don't know.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: That was a good pivot, uh, Isabel. Because, like, when you first started <laughs> talking about, like, switching... Up, when we started talking about, like, the establishment, I was like, I didn't know where that was going from this, but, you're like, that was, like, a beautiful... Segue from angry, poor people to talking about the system.
1: Well, because like I do think like, yes, we're super upset that, you know, there's such a difference of of reactions to, you know, black people protesting versus these people protesting. Right. Which I I feel like we're like, yeah, we all are on the same page. Right. We're all aware that this is a problem and we don't obviously want more people to get shot, but we don't want there to be this completely different different reaction right (laughs) when when people are protesting right and i feel like i i i feel like most people would agree with that yeah like i feel like any you know even like rich white people (laughs) must see that like that is such you know that that is just such a clear like these people are are the police right they're like people were flashing their badges right as they were heading into the capitol building yeah right they were taking selfies So that much in my mind, at least it's kind of like almost useful in that way, because like then people, I feel like have just so much less ground to stand on when they're like, oh, you know, these people, but like whatever, whatever, trying to make excuses for what's going on. Right. Like, I feel like the silver lining of this horrific event is that now you don't have that excuse.
0: You're absolutely right. Right. (laughs) You're absolutely right.
1: (laughs) You cannot, there is just, it's just completely untenable to try to, there, you have no foot to stand on when it comes to defending the Trump supporters on this and like, you know, and the police and just like the whole, like, you know, it just, it. to me, it's like, now we have photographic evidence that is undeniable, right? It, that there's a link.
0: And it makes me want to there. go back to those 73 million people that voted Trump and just be like, all right after seeing everything that happened as a result of this would you (laughs) you still make the same vote i'm like i'm willing to guarantee at least five million of y'all would be like nah i'm good let's just or just wouldn't have (laughs) voted or something you know because when i look at those numbers i just i get mad every time where i'm especially that they grew and then it means that our friends and our family and people are lying to us
2: yeah the one uh, one stark difference between the like two groups of people that are both economically disadvantaged and one like you know democrats versus republicans is that like i feel like the like the left wing the left poor are like mad at the system for making them poor it seems like their anger is better directed like whereas like you know the people we saw at the capitol like there was no rhetoric about like it was about stop the steal right like it wasn't (laughs) even about it wasn't about their circumstances, you know, and that's one part that like kind of gets me hung up on things, right? Like, I think that I think that everyone should be able to have, you know, an economic base, like we were saying, and I think that if we implemented those changes, people would like them and that would keep them. But you know, would there still just be <laughs> the stop to steal people? But now they how they have an economic base, well, like, you know. Well, well,
1: here, I mean, that's kind of my. my My point here in trying to draw this similarity, right, in the midst of all of this, like, trying to alienate these people is that, like, I'm trying to, like, literally just problem solve and be like, okay, what can we actually go do to solve these problems, right? And at least there's this one thing that I feel like we can agree with these people on. I don't necessarily know that there's any way that, like, from a just based on the systems of trust and the media that, like that would ever actually viably result in like us all banding together against the system. Right. But like, I do think that there's like a lot of these common threads that people don't like, people don't want like, obviously things taken away from them. And like, that's a thing that, that is, is going on here with like these people who do have like a lot of like white male privilege. Right. And they don't, they're afraid. Right. Cause they're seeing a lot of that seep away right, as we become more of a diverse country, right, but, like, economically, I do really hold out hope that there is a viable way to rally people around the economics.
2: You know, I think there probably is, and I think, I mean, I think that it probably is going to be a similar, you know, method of change that we've seen before, which is, I think, what you mentioned, Isabel, like, we do the thing, and then people are like, okay, and then it becomes a status quo, and no one talks talks about it anymore,
1: hmm
2: like because, no
1: one yeah, yeah it just feels to me like there's like there's we know that something has to change because we're unhappy for a lot of those same reasons even though they don't like I think acknowledge that the reasons why they're unhappy are the reasons why we think that they're unhappy and I think we're right I think you know a lot of it is like this activated racial hunger game shit going on but I think that like they're there's got to be a way to activate that that economic piece of it such that people like can find a way forward, because in my mind, it's literally that or civil war.
0: I don't know. I, I mean, it might. It might. I don't I, don't, I just don't think uh, I don't think like I think what people have to understand about the civil war is like they were way more organized than we than we are now. And I'm like, I just you're saying the people like, in in, of-
1: like the Confederacy and the Union were more organized.
0: No, I feel like specifically the Confederacy oh, okay. yeah. more organized than we are, uh, than uh than the <laughs> new Confederates would be today. Cause I feel like the new Confederates of today, because I'm like, they accomplished something because they were all in the same place at the same time. But I mean, if cutting off Twitter and parlor is enough to like disparage your whole movement in in the information age of today, I feel like what you'll always see is gonna see like some some brand of like skirmishes, Charlottesville's Capitol riots other versions of those like you'll see things like that pop up but in terms of it being like full scale civil war I don't I, I don't know if it'll ever be like on the scale that it was of like the Well can like we talk about civil that war, for a
1: second the Twitter which, and Parlor thing because I do think that that's kind of like where it's going to happen right and it's in my mind it was really crazy actually that Amazon shut down Parlor right because they have never done that in my from what I know right and it's crazy to me that they did that because then it opens up this huge can of worms for them, right? Because I feel like people have always been on Facebook's ass, have always been on Google's ass, but Amazon, I feel like weirdly people are kind of quiet about. But now that they did this, now that they did this, now they're setting up this expectation like, okay, we'll shut down the storefront. Shut down like, you know, all of these other, you know, my militia.com, right? I'm sure like, I mean, more than half the internet is hosted on, on Amazon, AWS, Right like that's wild to me that they did that because like now i feel like there is just like a rain of 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 criticism that's gonna that they're inviting right
0: i mean it's true Uh, i it's like if you make yourselves the arbiter arbiters of morality Mm -hmm. then it's kind of hard to stop being the arbiter of uh, of morality but that being said like it it feels like parlor was pretty low hanging fruit and if they're smart they should be able to defend themselves doing it one time and never doing it again Mm -hmm. Uh, or setting a standard as to say this is just so y'all know Stormfront and the rest of you guys my militia all y'all guys this is the standard we're setting and like and y'all are going to say a lot of our reprehensible or hateful things that we will let slide because free country free speech all that stuff free trade whatever but like this is the standard we're setting, so maybe you, when we go back and say, look at moderation and all that, and I think the the easier one for them to say is to say that they they could prove on Parler and on Twitter that there were ways in which mm-hmm. they were planning the Capitol riots, and it's 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 like easier to hide behind that. But you're right, like once you like once you open up that can of worms and say like this is what we're doing now, I'm sure there's a bunch oh, of people shit. at Amazon that are all like
1: right because you, like, gotta do this every cause time? you, you never like, think about Ahh. it actually, but Amazon owns the internet. Basically, they have all the servers that all the internet. Yeah. yeah,
2: people and people don't realize like that's what makes them the money. Yeah, right. You know, like they and like the monopolizing, yeah. right? Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of nuance in the situation for me. Like one of like it's just it's and there's a lot of like dissonance because I think of like I don't really like prisons or cops that much, but I wish that these people would have gotten imprisoned or copped more. <laughs> you know, and like. And you know I don't really like big tech censorship that much but I don't think that that you should be able to use big tech to to plan riots <laughs> and like incite violence and yeah. you know and I think that you can like those those it can be two problems at the same time and like you know that's fine like I think that on one hand you know parlor it seemed like it seemed like they were doing bad things and it's a good it's like a, like Ron said it's a low-hanging like PR stunt for AWS, right? Frames on to look good. Um but it does it also at the same time does worry me about like just general censorship, right? And and the I think Isabel you and I have talked about this before the idea that like the more you quote unquote like marginalize these people, I think that the more radical they're going to become. I guess, but luckily they're not texting. I know I mean, they're I <laughs>
1: building their websites on fucking like WordPress with no security. Like, like
0: you doing something on GeoCities? Yeah. Like what do you? <laughs> like how are you gonna cuss me out from your Black Planet page? Black like, Planet. Yeah. Like I,
1: yeah.
0: I, 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 yeah, you're right. I, 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 I sometimes worry about radicalization, but other times I'm just like, if you guys were depending on Twitter and Parler and 4chan and all that stuff to do this, like none of those places were uh, were were safe spaces for you to begin with and so i like i don't know how far you expected to go uh using those using those i mean unless y'all about to just start meeting up in person which meeting up in person is trickier because then we can see you Mm -hmm.
1: yeah then then we can literally see you right right because so i think I feel like part of why it's so easy for them to argue like all of these things make it so much easier for them to argue that they actually don't have any power right and that they are getting shut down and that the the whole world is against them and the media is against them the tech companies against them everyone's against them right because we are right
0: but the other half of that the other half of that, that that we're not considering is that and i've read this article where it says that um that trump not being there uh that, that they could already see a drop in disinformation spread because Trump is no longer the one spreading the disinformation. So the other thing that could also happen is that a large swath of these people could just stop caring. Mm -hmm. They could just go back to doing whatever else they were doing. (laughs) Yeah, they could just go back to their lives. Yeah, like they don't you know, like they don't have to be fired up about this anymore. They won't they be like just,
1: politically activated.
0: Exactly, they'll just be like. Because I'm saying there will always be there were always the 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 uh the militia and the people that were act that were fired up and all that stuff. Those people always existed. The problem was they expanded to a bunch of other people who got radicalized watching Fox News, Newsmax, and all the rest of that stuff. But my thing is like, if the chief source of disinformation is not there, there might just be a bunch of people who are only casually into this to begin with that were just like, yeah, that's right, let's go. Down down there that are just like I don't know man I'm kind of hungry <laughs> and, what you call it comes on at nine o'clock I just I don't I don't feel like doing this like yeah. you guys have fun
2: yeah. cool Ronald thank you so much for sitting down with us it's always a pleasure to talk to you thank you for having me um please take this time to plug whatever you want to plug. Nice. Okay. So per usual, you guys know all
0: my regular stuff. Time well spent. Uh, Recent episode came out in December, working on a couple more. So those will be coming out soon. Leaving the theater is always going. The most recent episode I did was about Cobra Kai. Check that out. But also, I have something new coming out in early February. It's a little project I've been working on with VPM called Seizing Freedom, which tells the stories of black folks and how they use their agency to obtain their own freedom in the days after, days, years, and decades after the Emancipation Proclamation. You can find out more information about that by going on www.seizingfreedom.com. And please, please, please subscribe. Now uh, the feed is already available and it will launch our first episode in February. I believe February 1st is our launch date. So check that out. That's seizingfreedom.com
2: brought to you by VPM. Sam, you, you, you a whole, you a whole little network owner.
0: (laughs) Working, man. I'm out here working, man.
2: (laughs) And as always, if you like what you heard, you can find us at I'm the villain pod. That's our Twitter. That's our Gmail. That's our Instagram. Otherwise, bye.